The following program is sponsored by Evangelical Life Ministries. Welcome to Engaging Truth, the manifestation of God's Word in the lives of people around us. Join us each week as we explore the impact of His message of spiritual renewal, from the lesson of forgiveness forged in the crucible of divorce, to the message of salvation learned by an executioner from a condemned killer, to the gift of freedom found in the rescue of victims of human trafficking. This is God's Truth in Action. Good evening and welcome to Engaging Truth. I'm your host today, Bill Pruitt, and our guest today uh, on Engaging Truth is Kathy Baker, who is a uh, Christian counselor, a musician, and a uh, former worship director for the the Spirit of Life Church in uh, Sugarland, Texas. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be on the broadcast today. Yeah. One of our uh, one of our topics as we uh, as we approach the Christmas and Advent season is to talk a little bit about music and its place in in worship and uh, and we've asked Kathy to to, to come on and, and talk a little bit about that first. Uh, Kathy, why don't you tell us a little bit about your background? Sure. Um, well, I think um, if I were to add up the years, I have been ministering in a worship music capacity for about thirty five years doing all kinds of things that you could imagine. Um, And then I have been a worship leader for 21 years and 16 of that has been at Spirit of Life Church. But now I'm I'm retired from that. I was able to um, pass it on to the next generation. And I, so I do, um, I do some things throughout the year, you know, as opportunities present themselves. That's fantastic. Can you yeah. describe for us a little bit your some of your favorite musical settings or pieces that have had a an impact on your on your ministry, or is there a certain style that you work with? Or, well, um, I know uh, for our church, we really emphasized a more contemporary worship service. Um, although I really have a love for the hymns, I think there's a rich history there um, with, you know, how they were written and how they're rooted in scripture. Um, so for me, I really love a blend of those two things, if that's possible, you know, to be able to span all of the ages of the congregation members that we minister to. Mm-hmm. So my style would be um I guess in that vein of the contemporary worship, but you know, rooted in the the history of the church. Very good. Do you have any particular favorites that you've uh, you've done in the past that you like to like to that you like more than others? Um, as far as musical choices, yeah, I I love anything that Chris Tomlin does. He's very well known worship artist. Um, yes. I always considered when I was learning how to lead worship, Paul Balash, um, that we don't hear his name as much, but he wrote a lot of the. Um, the stuff that came out in the 80s and 90s. And um, so I considered him a mentor and and I love everything that he writes. Um, and there's a lot of new artists that are out today, right? You know, that we're all trying to keep track of. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's Yeah, it's like, um, I know I'm going to show my age here, but uh, the, the in the in the late half of the last century, um, there were a couple of... Um, more contemporary composers that I really had a lot of admiration for. Uh, one is John Rutter, uh, who was an English composer, and another was uh, Andrew Lloyd Webber, and they both did 
versions of the Requiem that were just incredible, that uh, were wonderful pieces of music that took the old style and sort of brought it into in a more contemporary setting. And I really think that I think that helped broaden the, the church. And I think yes. that, that that's one of the things that the appeal of a contemporary service has to younger worshipers mm -hmm. is that it's not the traditional some might even call it stodgy kind of original church music, but it it, it gives them a, a clearer connection, I think, to to church yes. than the yes. original stuff did. Yes, that's very true. My generation, um, I think for me, I grew up in the 60s and 70s and then into the 80s was kind of my upbringing years. Mm -hmm. And um, so that was right on the cusp of the Jesus music or the Jesus yeah. revolution is the new movie. Yeah. It's a great picture of that. Um, so there were influences um, as far as the emergence of contemporary Christian music, um, Keith Green and Amy Grant, and Michael W. Smith, you know, we, they're still, you know, as Keith Green yeah. is deceased, but, but the other two are still, um, you know, in performances and leading worship and, and having a great influence and they influenced me in a great way so <laughs> speaking of that influence how has that changed in your mind the not so much the the hymns itself but the actual run of worship the liturgical setting like the divine setting i know it I, i'm accustomed to a, a certain specific order of worship that that occurs uh, with the old, old divine service, and is that do you find that similar in in contemporary services, or is it more free form? Um, I think it depends on the denomination. Um, I think that I've seen more of the liturgical music. Um, definitely, there's that structure that you see in those services, and I'm seeing that you know in my lifetime at least move towards. Something's a little bit more of a freestyle, um, you know, and so um, but I appreciate both. We need we need some essence of the church in its tradition um, that grounds us right, you know, to that to that foundation of our faith. But um, at the same time, the culture is always changing and we're always trying to think creatively. How do we, you know, how do we um, serve, you know, as an expression of what God is doing in in the now, right? You know, I think they call that hermeneutics and in, in the <laughs> theological terms, right? How do we right. apply the, the gospel through music, you know, in modern day times? It's mm -hmm. a challenge. Very good, very good. Um, we talked a little bit about. Um, uh, the, the contemporary and the traditional, are, are you seeing more and more hybrid kinds of services taking place in, the, in congregations? And is there, is there a move by denominations to codify this with um, changing musical structures like different hymnals and different um, adjunct materials that they use for worship settings? Um, again, back to the denomination, I'm, our pastor has been a former Lutheran minister, and I actually got to lead worship at a Lutheran church for a few years um, just because they had a need. Um, and I saw at that particular church where they really did a hybrid scenario, we had the hymnals, but at the same time, we were, you know, integrating, you know, uh, worship songs that were connecting with audiences today that listen to things like KSBJ here in Houston. Yeah. 
Um, right. You know, so it's just really trying to, to find a, a good blend of those things. But, um, but then I know there are some churches and our church at spirit of life. We don't have hymnals. We don't, you know, we don't have those books. We have the words up on the screen. And, um, so for all the years that I led worship there, it was, you know, really paying attention to what are grounded songs in scripture, you know, that really are conveying that message of the gospel. And um, right now, the Advent season, you know, with the coming of Christ and, and really, you know, um, communicating that in a way that is um, done well, right. But also, um, I guess, keeping up with how we reach people, right. How do you establish, and this is a, probably more of a, a, a choral background question than anybody else, uh, and especially since you are a, a, a music director, how do you establish a musical library with it changing so much in the contemporary scene? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, it's funny because when I first started worship leading, um, there was a set of the church that I came into had already established repertoire of songs. So I'm learning a lot of what they're learning so that I can, you know, begin to to be able to lead them in what they already knew. But then you find that every five, seven to seven years, like there's a whole new, you know, batch of music that comes out and you're having to learn that and mix it in with some of the old stuff that they know and but not too much of the new stuff and make sure that you've got some hymns in there. And, and how do you um, portray those hymns in a fresh way? Right. You know, so there, there's a lot of creativity, I think, that has to go into keeping up with the flow of music that's coming at us, you know, right. Cause there's right a lot of it. new music on the scene. And I would, I would wonder about, we had, I've been to churches where the pastor has been, very specific about the scriptural message that is conveyed by the actual music itself. And right. I wonder how difficult it is to go about vetting some of these new songs when they come out to make sure they pass scriptural muster for the, for the leadership of the church. Yes, that, that's right. Is that something you have difficulty dealing with or? <laughs> Oh, definitely, because there are wonderful songs out there that can say very little. <laughs> yes. You know, they they just they've got the hook, you know, and it's catchy and you've heard it on the radio or, um, you know, or at a Bible study. You know, they had a little worship time and, and you just wow, that that sounds like a great song. But then the question I always would look at when I would, would review songs is, um, is it talking? Is it Christ centered? That's the first thing. Of course. You know? Is it Christ centered? Is it um, is it all about what I need? That's not necessarily the goal, you know, right? We're we're supposed to glorify God, you know, glory to God in the highest. That's the message we hear at Christmas time, you know. Exactly. We really proclaim him. So it's really it's really making sure that it's it's centered around Christ and that the worship that we are are um, entering into in that musical form is really exalting God. It's really praising God. Yeah. That's it. That's that, the whole praise thing is, 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 a, is a wonderful message and it, it behooves us to, to make sure that we're doing that in our, in our worship setting and in, in our daily prayer life and, and all these other things. It's the, the thankfulness of, we 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 just had a series on prayer and and thankfulness of, over the past month, and it occurred to us that 
uh, a lot of people overlook the Thanksgiving part and uh, and spend a lot of their time on supplication. And I think that's probably the opportunity where we can really sort of balance that out is in the in our worship setting and and the way we approach God's throne as uh, as as beggars, if you will, and and worship Him in a in a in a forthright manner. Yeah, there's a reverence that um, we don't want to lose to coming into the presence of God, you know, through through these worship services that we have. And um, and I just think it's so important that the next generation up, you know, that they learn that. Right. And that's why I think it's so important that those songs are rooted in Scripture and that they are. Um, you know, it, again, it's it's not to say that that a story doesn't have its place. And sometimes songs are written in a, in a narrative format and that can minister to people for sure. And God cares about the needs of his people when we are, you know, in the worship service. Um, but I think we need to remember that it's about him. <laughs> hold, hold that thought. I want to I want, I want to take a minute just to uh, to remind people that the. Uh, our Engaging Truth broadcasts are, for, are presented by Evangelical Life Ministries. We're a registered nonprofit organization based here in Cypress, Texas. Uh, all our financial support comes from listeners and uh, donations and grants from charitable foundations. And all our staff, on-air staff, uh, serves in a purely voluntary capacity. To support our uh, ministry or request prayer, contact us at Evangelical Life Ministries. Post Office Box 568, Cypress, Texas, 77410, or visit our website at elmhouston.org. Our guest is Kathy Baker from Spirit of Life Church. She is a former music director and a, a certified lay counselor as well. And uh, one of the things that we, we were just talking about was the reverence that we carry with us in our in our music and our service and i think one of the if there was a criticism of what you called earlier the jesus jesus movement in the in the, the 70s and 80s where it turned into almost like pop music was the lack of reverence and i think and i think a lot of people mistook the enthusiasm and exuberance that that movement brought with it as a lack of reverence and yes. I, and I, I think that was it took a little time for people to cease their rejection if you will uh, of that music i remember uh in the late 70s a young rock and roll performer named dion demucci um made the switch to to christian music and he used to be of Dion and the Belmonts, and he did a song called "The Best," that was one of the. To, I, I still listen to it to this day, and I'm you know three thousand years old, of course. But to see that change take place in people and artists was such a, a driving force for me, and a and it, and it changed me a little bit just to, by, by watching that example. And I think that that, that was a, a really unique thing for me in my life. Yes, yes. Um, there's so much passion, I think, um, in that movement, you know, and the music that was produced because of it. Um, one of the things I try to remember, you know, as I see new things come out, even today, is that God has created each of us to know him and to worship him. We're and so there's an expression of worship that, you know, we're created for. 
And so, um, so that's one way I try to be open-minded to that, you know, that contemporary music um, Mm -hmm. really is people that have come to know Jesus through some encounter and they are trying to use the gift inside of them, right. To, to tell the gospel, um, to share the good news, right. Of why Jesus came and, um, and, and singing is not the only way, right. You know, you, like you mentioned choir earlier, I did choir growing up. (laughs) My mom was a church organist. So we, I sat next to her and just watched her pound out the hymns and have to, you know, figure out how to and um, but you know there were bells and just all kinds of ways that worship can be expressed so that's just a thing to I think try to keep in mind as I consider you know how music continues to evolve you know is that um, that's what I think is at the heart of what people are trying to do but I I can see where sometimes it does move away right you know from the cross is a good example (laughs) you know great song about all of those things but needs to be about christ and when we had talked about earlier that the essentially maybe the psychology of music and how it affects uh the worship setting and what kind of an effect that can have on on people's spirit and soul when they're participating do you have any thoughts on that that you can share with us sure um, I've been counseling for about 17 years now, and um, and I think that um, worship is one of those things that leads us into the very presence of God. And when that happens, um, you know, all of who God is comes into play. You know, He's our Savior, He's our Redeemer, our he forgives us. He heals us. You know, um, he lifts us up. You know, out out of the out of the pit. You know, all of these aspects of who he is and what he does. And so, um, worship is, a, I think, this beautiful place where we really are encountering right in a relational aspect with um, who God is and how He ministers to us personally. You know, as multiple, well as corporately, multiple facets: the the, the yes. Father, Creator, Physician, Healer. Uh, and and sustainer of us all that and we really need that i think and and we we go not only to worship and praise him but to have his love reflected back to us and i think that that's the real key and i think that's one of the things that music does it helps us reflect our love and joy for the lord to other people Right, right. Yeah, we come into church, you know, um, kids kick in and all the things going wrong on a Sunday. And we get there and we enter into that music time. And then, you know, we find out that we, um, you know, God is lining, he's lining us up, right? He's putting us in a, in a place of alignment. Um, because now we're seeing beyond ourselves, right? <laughs> instead of our finite view, we're able to look beyond what, you know, all of our troubles and then lay those troubles, you know, right, you know, right there at his feet. And let, as you said so well, just let him affirm us and minister to us right as where we are when we come in. So, you know, the Psalms are full of lamenting and right. There's a, there's a place for, coming as we are and allowing the Lord to meet us there. And then in turn, you know, he, he gives us his perspective. (laughs) I really love the confessional aspect and starting the, starting the service with that confessional kind of aspect. And then almost 
sort of crawling in and marching out, if you will, <laughs> when it comes to music. If there's a, if there's <laughs> a formula a to, to how, how to do it, and I think that's you know that's probably the way because we, our pastor at our little church, uh, actually chooses some wonderful uh, martial like almost hymns or joyful hymns uh, as as the processional on a, on a regular basis. And it's just exhilarating to come to the end of the service and, and have right. that feeling sort of sweep over you. And I think, I think there's a lot of that in a, a good deal of the contemporary music that we see in the services now as well. So. Yeah. We walk out with hope. That's right. That's it. Exactly. <laughs> Very yeah. good. Okay. What other thoughts would you like to share with us as we're, as we're, uh, we've, we've got about, um, Got about three or four minutes left, and uh, and just uh, would like to like to wrap it up with any any can any other thoughts that you'd like to share. Sure. Um, well, you know, season is is right here. It's upon us, and you know, it's really this idea that Jesus is coming. And our pastor kicked off the Advent season, you know, this last Sunday, and there was a statement he made that just caught my attention, and it said that we are standing at the doorstep of Christmas. Waiting for the gift, uh, waiting for. The we're thought like, about that. Yes, like that in <laughs> anticipation, like my six-year-old grandson. Uh, you know, he's, <laughs> he's, he's, he's ready. Come on, yeah. Right, we're <laughs> waiting for the gift, and I, I guess in closing, what I'm thinking is that I wonder how many of us, you know, out there that are listening right now, are even aware that they're at the doorstep of Christmas so commercialized in our society and they may not realize that there's a gift that god has given them to over two thousand years ago and um but every year we get this chance at christmas time to be reminded that the best gift of all is jesus to know him to follow him to share him with the world and whatever you know uh, medium you know god gives us to do that in um and so i guess my thought is to ask yourself, you know, for the listeners, um, are you are you ready to walk through that door? If you're at the doorstep, are you aware you're at the doorstep? <laughs> are you ready to walk through? Um, and because God wants to meet you there and give you his son, give you Jesus. And um, there's no better gift than that. He wants us to be waiting out in that field like those shepherds who had that heavenly chorus suddenly appear <laughs> And the music that came with that, I've always wondered what that sounded like and how wonderful that would have been. But you're right. absolutely right. It's that gift that we all await. And uh, thank you for those thoughts. That was really, uh, really, really, really profound. And I think a, a good way for us to approach the coming Christmas season as we work our way through Advent. Yes. Kathy, thank you very much for for being with us here on uh, an engaging truth and sharing your thoughts on uh, on contemporary and con and uh, traditional. Uh, setting music and, and uh, the, the run up to Christmas that's coming. Um, uh, let me close this with prayer. Great. Gracious, gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for the freedom to worship that you as we choose and see fit. Thank you for a gift of music and musicians that help us raise a joyful noise to the Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Kathy Baker, thank you very much again for joining us here on Engaging Truth. Uh, if you're listening out there, uh, we thank you for your support, and we hope you, if you're not in a church now, you find a church where you can go out and listen to that wonderful music and share the joy of Christmas with those around you. Come back and visit us next week on Engaging Truth, and thank you very much. 
Thank you for listening to this broadcast of Engaging Truth. Be sure to join us each week at this time. To help support our ministry, contact Evangelical Life Ministries, Post Office Box 568, Cypress, Texas, 77410, or visit our website at elmhouston.org, or find us on Facebook at Evangelical Life Ministries. Thank you.